the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, November the 14th, 2019, in the year of our Lord. Today on November 14, 1972, the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed above 1,000 for the first time. It ended the day at 1,000. $3.16. Well, it's gone a long way since then, but that was the first time it had crossed a thousand. Today in 1862, during the Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln, he gave the go-ahead for Major General Ambrose Burnside's plan to capture the Confederate capital of Richmond. The resulting battle at Fredericksburg, which is close by, it proved a disaster for the Union. Today in 1882, Billy Claiborne, he was a survivor of the gunfight at the O.K. Corral in Tombstone. He just didn't know when to quit. He had survived the gunfight at O.K. Corral, but he got into another gunfight. and He lost his life. He got into a fight with Buckskin Frank Leslie. And Buckskin Frank Leslie was a faster draw than he was, and he was shot and killed. Today, in 1910, Eugene B. Eli. He became the first aviator to take off from a ship at a Curtis Pusher. It rolled off a sloping platform on the deck of the USS uh, Birmingham. It was off Hampton Roads, Virginia. That, of course, changed war and the way war is executed forever when airplanes could land and take off on ships. First time today in 1910. Today in 1943, Leonard Bernstein. He was 25 years old. He was the assistant conductor of the New York Philharmonic. I enjoyed his music over the years, I can tell you. That's probably why I'm mentioning this, but he made his debut quite by accident. The uh, the regular conductor, Bruno Walter, got sick. In fact, he got an upset stomach. They were scheduled to do a nationally broadcast concert. So at the last minute, kind of like in a football or basketball game or whatever, when somebody gets injured, there's always somebody standing by to step in. Well, it was Leonard Bernstein. He was 25 years old. He conducted the New York Philharmonic. The nation saw him. They really liked what he did. That was today in 1943. Today in 1965, the U.S. Army's first major military operation of the Vietnam War began. It was a five-day battle at Ang Drang, and the fighting between the American troops and the North Vietnamese ended on November 18. Both sides claimed victory, and that was kind of the story of Vietnam. Unfortunately, many of my friends were there. Some of them came home. Some didn't, but uh, they've told me stories. One friend of mine particularly was a, a jet a fighter pilot there, Jerry, and uh, he's told me how often he was sent on a mission to drop bombs on mountains where nobody even was there. I mean, there was no enemy. There was nothing there. But he would go on these bombing sorties, and they would 
drop bombs where they were told to drop them and nobody was there. It didn't. They would report then that there were so many bombs dropped and so many sorties or so many trips out with the fighter jet. He said it was really <laughs> very discouraging at times. He's a Christian. He didn't get involved in drugs and other things, but many did as a result of that. Today on 1969, Apollo 12 blasted off for the moon. And 10 years ago today, President Barack Obama went on a mission to repair, these are his words, repair America's global standing. He told Asian countries during a speech in Tokyo that he was determined to engage them as equal partners in the economy, diplomacy, and security. He also apologized for the many sins of America. He was quite a guy, still very popular with some, (laughs) with some of us not so much. There's a tragedy that's unfolding in Southern California as we speak this morning. At least six people were injured injured just a couple of hours ago during a shooting at public high school. Um, A teen gunman is being sought, the reports say. Emergency responders have been seen wheeling out several victims on stretchers about 7.30 a.m. this morning and following it's an incident at Saugus High School in Santa Clarita. We have friends that live there. Um, The Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department tweeted about the shooting at the school. It's about 40 miles north of Los Angeles. The department said, please avoid the area. And they said a male Asian suspect, black clothing, last seen at the location. Deputies on scene, still responding, avoid the area, further information to follow. The authorities say they're looking for the shooter. They're describing him as a 15-year-old boy, Asian boy, wearing a black hat and black clothing. Obviously, that school and others are locked down in the area. So families that started today just as another normal day have been interrupted, disrupted. Maybe some of them have lost loved ones or loved ones have been injured. You never know. Life is so tentative. Life is so fragile. That's why we walk with the Lord daily because we never know what a day may bring. We walk with thanksgiving. We walk with faith. Because God is with us, even through the very difficult times. Well, something that you won't see much of on the news, I don't think. I saw a couple of clips last night, but not much. Representative Jim Jordan, he's a Republican from Ohio, a veteran, a brilliant young man, in my view. He's young. He's 40-ish, I suppose. Younger. Yesterday, he showed the nation, and I hope that clip that I saw was played on a number of stations around the country. He showed just how ridiculous it is that the Democrats are using Bill Taylor, the U.S. guy that's in charge of affairs for the Ukraine on our behalf, the U.S., as their star witness. He was one of two star witnesses. He was there to drive the nail in the coffin, as they say, and charge President Trump with quid pro quo so that he could be impeached. 
Well, Jordan used an addendum that U.S. Ambassador of the European Union, Gordon Sundland, had added to his testimony at the last minute, where Sundland states that he assumed the military aid in Ukraine was held up because they had not yet declared an investigation into former Vice President Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Well, this, of course, is false on all fronts. The money had been held up because there was concern, not by Trump, I mean, maybe he was concerned, but by our government about how deep the corruption in the Ukraine runs. So Sundland assumed that the money was being held up until Ukraine started an investigation into former Vice President Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. And that is at the crux for us ordinary folks out here, us little people in America who follow the elites that we elect. That's what this is all about, really. And so Sunland had made that assumption. It wasn't true, and that can't even be disputed because the money wasn't held up. The Ukrainian government didn't do anything to Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, or anyone else, and they got their billions or millions or whatever from us, of our taxpayer money. So Jim Jordan goes on the microphone yesterday in this hearing, and I'm quoting him. He said, Ambassador Taylor recalls that Mr. Morrison told Ambassador Taylor that I told Mr. Morrison that I convey this message to Mr. Yarmack on September 1, 2019, in connection with Vice President Pence's meeting in Warsaw and a meeting with President Zelensky. That's the Ukrainian guy. And this is the clarification, Jordan says. What he was responding to was that this uh, Taylor guy, he said, well, it's abundantly clear to me that the money was held up because Trump wanted an investigation of Joe Biden. So Jim Jordan, brilliant guy, as I said, he comes on the microphone and gets his chance to talk. He uses his time to just, again, just for us common folk out here, he would identify with us. He said, let me go through this with you, what you guys are saying. He said, do you realize what you're saying? And after he said what I just quoted him as saying, he said, let me read it again. So he went through it again. Now, follow me on this. I'm quoting Jim Jordan. He said, let me read it again. Ambassador Taylor recalls that Mr. Morrison told Ambassador Taylor that I told Mr. Morrison that I convey this message to Mr. Yarmack on, on September 1, 2019, in connection with Vice President Pence's meeting in Warsaw and a meeting with President Zelensky. Just let that sink in for a moment. Now do you know and do I know why Washington, D.C. is so screwed up? Jim Jordan went on to say, he said, we got six people having four conversations in one sentence, and you just told me this is where you got your clear understanding. When Jordan asked if Taylor was on the call with President Trump and Zelensky, if he had talked with acting chief of staff Mick Mulvaney or met with President Trump, Taylor answered no, 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 and no. He said, this is what I can't believe. And he said, you're the Democrat star witness. He said, you're their first witness. You're the guy that this whole thing is based on. He said, I mean, Jim Jordan said, he's a Christian. He said, I've seen church prayer chains that are easier to figure out than this. That pretty much sums up what was 
happening yesterday at our nation's capital, the world watched. It was kind of a, it was a sad day for America. People around the world look at us and they have, I mean, Obama did all he could do to, you know, exploit his position and his ideology, which is not pro-American, really it isn't, and apologize all over the world. And he did, he bowed to the Saudis and he acquiesced to the Asians. And I mean, it's just amazing what that man did. This, this is an extension of the way Barack Obama viewed America. These are his protégés, so to speak. They are in the same worldview camp that he's in. And this is the kind of thing that comes from this. And it is it is a very sad day for America. Now, there are some good things that are going to come out of this inquiry. One is that they pretty well made the case yesterday that they there needs to be, and that they didn't intend to, and I'm talking they, I mean the Democrats. They pretty well made the case that there needs to be an investigation of this Burisma, this gas company, and the guy that owns it. I can't remember his name. It's, I don't know. Anyway, he's well-known. He's a well-known corrupt criminal in that part of the world and here in the United States as well. And, of course, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, was asked to sit on that board and it was said, I mean, it wasn't a secret among those folks. It's treated as though it's a secret here in America. But it is said there openly that they put him on the board to stop foreign intervention and foreign investigation. We would be foreign, the United States, into their corruption in the Ukraine. And they paid him fifty to $80,000 a month to sit on a board. He didn't know anything about natural gas. He didn't know anything about anything that they were doing, but he was the vice president of the United States son. And that's how this whole thing started in that they, I guess the Democrats would have done what they accused Trump of doing, except Trump didn't do it because there's no proof. The transcripts are out. The telephone was transcribed, the telephone conversation, as they always are and have been through all the presidents in recent years. They don't record them. They transcribe. They have several people doing this. There were a number of people on the call. Nobody said that Trump did what he's being accused of doing. He didn't say, if you don't investigate Joe Biden and his son, I'm not going to send you the U.S. money. And it was hundreds of millions, billions, lots of money. None of that happened. Trump may have wanted them to do that. And that's the case that they're trying to make now in this matter. And that's the only case they have. And Jim Jordan, Republican from Ohio, he exposed this. I mean, he just turned the light on this thing. And like I said, I saw a little piece of this on the news last night. I don't know how many news stations and news organizations ran that locally and and nationally last night. But I hope they did, because there is not a more clear snapshot of what is going on here. These people hate Trump. They hate what he stands for and they hate what he's doing. And they are still smarting because they knew Hillary Clinton would be the next president of the United States. That's what it comes down to in the real world. Franklin Graham has a pretty good insight. He knows how to see things clearly. He's a regular guy. Franklin Graham 
called yesterday's so-called impeachment inquiry. He said it's a day of shame for America. He called it historically shameful. He said all the world is looking on. And look what we're doing and saying and doing to one another. Within hours, his message drew 30,000 comments and 60,000 shares just on Facebook alone. He's on Twitter and all these other things as well. That hearing yesterday actually began and ended with a lie. That tells us perhaps more than we want to know. I want to talk to you just a little bit about this and how this shapes the world, the culture, how the world sees America. I want to talk to you a little bit about how truth, how truth shapes a culture. I also want to thank you for your support. We are... uh, Each month we have a budget, and each month those of you who support us do so, and we're able to pay our bills and go to the next month. So thank you so much. I know that you understand that. We all have personal budgets that we have to meet, and every ministry has a budget. I know every ministry encourages you to support them. Well, I'm encouraging you to support this ministry, and I want to thank those of you who do. That's how we come on the air live every morning. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. The shameful lie (laughs) that Franklin Graham was talking about, the House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff, he's running this show, it's the Schiff Show, Mike Huckabee's been calling it the Schiff Show now for several days, and he's doing it more now than he was a few days ago because it's true. That's what it is. It closed yesterday's impeachment hearing with a final denial of any knowledge of the identity of this whistleblower, and this whistleblower is key. They're basing everything everything they're charging this president with in front of the world on two guys, two witnesses yesterday who had never, they haven't even met Donald Trump. And they haven't heard the phone call, they haven't heard anything, but they've heard from other people who heard from other people who have heard from other people. It's that bad. It's naked. It is the emperor. And he's saying, look at my golden robes. And he's naked. And everybody's afraid to say so. Except everybody isn't afraid to say so in this matter. Jordan said to him yesterday, he said of the 435 members of Congress, he said, you are the only member who knows who the whistleblower is. This was rhetorical. Everybody knows who the whistleblower is. And he said, your staff is the only staff who has had a chance to talk with that individual. We would like that opportunity. When might that happen? In other words, Mr. Chair, when are you going to bring in your star whistleblower witness? Well, he said, "Uh, I'm not going to do that because he said, I don't know who it is, and I uh, don't want to expose him to the public or her. Well, that's not true. I mean, that's just an absolute lie. His staff, Schiff's staff, has been working with this whistleblower from the very beginning, right from the get-go. They've been giving him uh, kind of um, tutoring him on how how to make out the claim, how to phrase it, when to present it, which lawyer to use to defend him him when this finally becomes public 
And all of this stuff has been going on. Schiff's staff has been tutoring this guy. But he doesn't really need tutoring because he's a Democratic activist. And I talked about that at some length yesterday. But Adam Schiff continues to sit in front of the camera with the microphone and say, I don't know who it is. And everybody knows that he knows. And that's part of the shame that Franklin Graham was pointing out yesterday. It's a shameful thing. It's a matter of just simply not telling the truth. Even the Washington Post, they've reported the Schiff's office has been in contact with a whistleblower. The New York Times has said it. They're all in, and they're not conservative. They're not on our side. But the New York Times says that Adam Schiff learned about the outlines of a CIA officer who wanted desperately to file a whistleblower report. The Times goes on to say then that the, his office assisted them. And the New York Times says Adam Schiff deliberately misled the public about his office's connection with the whistleblower and reportedly knew about the complaint before it was even filed. And the way that Schiff responded to that was, he said, well, I should have been more clear about my um, contact and relationships. The staff members have been advising this whistleblower right from the beginning. Schiff knows that. He knows who's blowing the whistle. Pretty much everybody knows it. I said yesterday the whistleblower is Eric Charabella. Eric's professional pro- profile is, I mean, it's stunning. He's just a, an operative. He worked with a DNC operative. He, this Alexandra uh, Chalupa, whose name has been redacted from these documents. Everybody knows Alexandra Chalupa that's involved in this thing. They know, but they redacted them. In the creation of the, Chalupa was involved in the creation of the Trump-Russia collusion hoax. And this Eric was involved in it as well. He was fired from the National Security Council in 2017 for leaking information to the press and to others. He then returned to the CIA where he had worked before. He worked directly under James Clapper, who hates Donald Trump. Those are his words. He worked with Joe Biden. He served in the Obama administration. He worked with John Brennan. He is a registered Democrat. And Charamella coordinated and took guidance from Adam Schiff's staff on this matter. But he is the secret, the secret whistleblower that nobody knows about. They don't know who it is. I can hardly believe what I'm saying, but it's true. They believe that America will believe what they're saying. And some of Americans will and do. Charamella filed a whistleblower complaint on August 12 over President Trump's July 25th uh, phone call with the Ukrainian President Zelensky. Trump and Zelensky talked about rooting out corruption in the Ukraine. In fact, there is a we have a law that the President of the United States is supposed to look into these matters in any country that's receiving aid from the United States. Imagine that. And at, at worst case, Trump was simply doing what he's supposed to do as president. This guy wasn't on the call. He only heard about it. His report is filled with inaccuracies. His complaint is filled with inaccuracies. But the Democrats are obsessed with finding some way to get rid of Donald Trump and to overturn the will of the people in this country. 
Franklin Graham was talking about a shameful matter yesterday. It was, and it was also a shameful inquiry. John Radcliffe, he's a Republican from Texas, he forced Chairman Adam Schiff to address his plan to minimize the voice of Republican lawmakers because they won't let them say, they won't let them bring in any witnesses. They will only let them speak at certain times and they will only let them speak about certain things. It's amazing. John Radcliffe forced this visibly irritated Schiff to outline his made-up rules. Schiff admitted. He said, I'm making up these rules as we go along because he said, we don't know where this is going to go. Radcliffe said, if possible, we would like to know the rules before we get started. Democrats had planned and staged the first hour of this inquiry to be a blockbuster. In other words, they were the planners of the show, and they were in charge, and they are, because we didn't elect enough Republicans the last election. They are in charge. NBC's Jeff Bennett, he said on NBC yesterday, he said, I'm told by a Democratic source familiar that if Americans only tune into the first hour, they're going to get an earful. Full. The first hour, I'm told, is designed to be a blockbuster. And it was designed to give the press plenty of misleading sound bites for last night's evening news. And that's exactly what most of them ran. Nancy Pelosi called yesterday, the first day of the impeachment inquiry, a sad, oh-so-sad day for democracy. No, it's a sad day for those who have a secular, progressive worldview who are trying to undermine the very foundations of this earth. And this isn't about Donald Trump. It's about America. It tells you just how oh-so-sad the progressives are when you see them including drag queens in the journalist pool. They couldn't just state of the politics yesterday. They brought in this drag queen, this, this man dressed up like a woman. I wrote an article on that today. There's a picture of him looking like her. It's crazy stuff. And they included this drag transgender in the journalistic pool. NBC reported on the attendance of the, this is their words, they reported on this in these matters that Nancy Pelosi calls oh so sad. They called it the award-winning drag performer. And the headline of their story about this was Drag Queen Sachets into Trump Impeachment Hearing. And all the cameras turned on this transgender, a very needy person, obviously. Last night, the Washington Times reported that a recent poll shows that majorities said the coverage was skewed, confusing, and disappointing. The poll also found that 63% say media coverage of impeachment process is frustrating. 80% of Republicans, 62% of independents, and 52% of Democrats agree. 55% of voters say the coverage is disappointing. 75% Republicans, 55 independents, and even 37% of the Democrats are disappointed with the coverage by the press. 52% overall say the coverage is skewed. 71% of Republicans feel that way, 52% of independents, and 33% of Democrats agree. Only 32% overall say the news is trustworthy. So what do we do? Franklin concluded with this, and I will too. Franklin said, as Christians, as those who follow and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, let us pray throughout the day of all these proceedings, pray for our nation, pray for our leaders, and pray for President Donald J. Trump. Indeed. 
That's a word from the Lord as far as I'm concerned, and I would encourage you to pray. We'll see you right here tomorrow.